Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 387. Really, in business, nobody owes you anything. In today's world, it seems like everybody feels like there's some form of entitlement or ownership, and you have to pay your dues. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. 2015 marks Covercraft's 50th anniversary. They've manufactured premium quality exterior and interior covers here in the United States with a reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit with over 80,000 patterns and growing. You can choose from dozens of fabric options and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. Made in the USA, Covercraft is the right choice. I've protected my special rides with their covers for over 40 years, and you should too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Michael Stahlschmidt. Michael, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yeah, let's do this. All right. Michael Stahlschmidt is the founder and current lead partner at Sideline Sports Photography. His work as a sports photographer has him traveling over 300 days per year through over 15 countries and 35-plus states. Michael has covered racing series including Formula One, DTM, IMSA, WEC, and Pirelli World Challenge. Sideline Sports Photography semi-truck-based mobile production and display vehicle debuted in 2001 and created the niche of on-site production, display, and sales of imagery. He shoots for major corporations as well, including Audi, Mazda, MoMA, Spider, Sonic Tools, and many others, in addition to supplying automobile, motor trend, and road and track magazines with imagery. Michael has worked as an official White House press photographer, and he's also the official photographer for the U.S. National and Olympic Soccer Team Players Association, having photographed the last nine World Cups and past five Olympic Games. And in 2016, Michael will cover the entire IMSA calendar, as well as the 2016 Rio Olympic Games. You are one busy guy, that's for sure. So, Michael, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you share a little bit more about your career and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Yeah, my, my career started uh, really getting injured. Uh, I was a soccer player and went out to go play in Portland, Oregon, and looked at the opportunity of playing on the college team there and was injured, um, never got a chance to make it on the team and ended up turning into a photographer. I, I started to take my passion for photography and start taking pictures of the team and traveling with the team everywhere they went. And our team was kind of a, what Duker Temple or these schools are. We are to soccer, the University of Portland. And uh, we had a lot of players on the national teams, men and women. So magazines and industry people were calling me um, at, well, they were calling the university asking for, photographs and they were passing it along to me and uh, I started making a little money each semester and kept parlaying that and when I graduated I used my connections that I had I were in the auto industry um, I should backtrack I actually you know started attending driving schools and things when I was in college and really fell into the 
motorsports world and started becoming an instructor in that world. And so when I graduated from college, I used my connections to follow my two passions, soccer and motorsports, uh, to try and work uh, you know, profitably in those industries. Well, it's very cool because you took a, what, what would be a career-destroying thing, getting injured and wanting to go into a sports field that very well could have taken you into professional levels, and you did a pivot, which is awesome, and took another passion, and now you get to surround yourself with those items in your life, like racing and sports, but you get to make a living at it, you get to travel, you get to go see and be a part of it. I, I think it's a really great story, and that's why I wanted to have you here on Cars Yeah! But as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. It's some kind of saying that, that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success, and it's a really great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. Michael, I know you love to drive, so take the wheel. Well, I uh, <laughs> I have one quote that really hit me when I was younger. Uh, Clive Charles, who was the coach at University of Portland, who was also a U.S. national team coach and a women's national team coach and Olympic coach, very high-level guy, mm-hmm. said to me one time, if you don't believe in yourself, how can you expect others to? And his point was, if your confidence isn't there, you know, and you're not confident in yourself, um, you know, how can you expect anybody to be confident in you? And he didn't say it in a denigrating fashion. He said it to me one time talking about, you know, success in life. You know, he said, it's just something that people don't realize that how you act and perceive yourself uh, is important, how others perceive you as well. Ah, it's great. You know, when we have coaches, mentors in our life that share words of wisdom with us like that that stick with us all these years it's really really fantastic and it's a credit to them and their ability to uh, reach inside of our souls and pull out the part of us that can be successful i think that's a great quote especially coming from a coach really cool would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars is there a pivotal moment in your life when you really knew you were a car guy really two things one i I grew up in a family where my dad wrenched on cars and, uh, you know, didn't always take it to the dealer. And uh, so I learned to hang out in the garage and, you know, change the winter tires or, you know, change oil, do things and work on, you know, tractors, snowmobiles, all those things. So that kind of launched a, a mechanical desire for me. And then I spent a lot of time in Germany growing up. My family's from Germany and I studied German in school and uh, spent a lot of time traveling over in Germany and the car culture there is very strong and the autobahns, they were overall, those two things were pretty mesmerizing as a 12, 13, 15, 17 year old kid, uh, oh, yeah. going back and forth, um, seeing, you know, thinking about the unlimited speeds of the autobahn and just seeing how people really tuned and tweaked their cars. I developed a love for cars, especially German cars. Uh, how fantastic to get to experience that as a kid in Europe, you can get around to so many venues so quickly, so many great racetracks. And I've had the the pleasure of driving cars on the Nürburgring. Oh my gosh, I can't imagine racing on that track. It's just uh, mind-boggling. The old long track is what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's, it's funny you bring up the Nürburgring. I've been going there now for 22 years straight and take a group of friends every year in uh, March or April. And we do usually do Spa and the Nürburgring and Audi Factory, a couple other places. But we, uh, uh, yeah, I first went to the Nürburgring on my first trip to Germany alone when I was 13 with the host family and I didn't even know what it was and they, they lived in the Cologne area and took me there and I was hooked from that point on. I mean, it was the long track. It was before they built the F1 circuit and it was so all the old pictures you see in black and white, all those buildings were still there. And yeah. I remember just going nuts in the, the shop, buying stickers and calendars and all that. And just <laughs> those moments that you remember in your head that kind of set you on a path you didn't realize you were heading down at the time. I know. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it's a great place. Absolutely. 
So, Michael, what I'd love to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl into the hood, get my hands a little dirty here, and share, have you share a huge challenge or even a great failure that you faced along the way in your career. Uh, life and careers are fraught with ups and downs, but the most important part of this has to do with how did you overcome that particular situation and what did it teach you? Well, I, I had a pretty instrumental uh, change in my life. Um, I started my business, graduated from college and. 93 and started my business right away and things were tracking pretty well and I on December 31 of 99 on Millennium Day uh, I was snowmobiling across a lake in Michigan and what normally is deep water and a very safe place to go fast on a snowmobile a place I'd been for 20 years of my life plus at that point and I hit a stump that was frozen in the lake and it was floating across you know the, the lake at the time that the water froze and uh so under the snow, heading along at 80 miles an hour in a snowmobile, boom, you, you hit it. And oh, I, my gosh. Really, yeah, really bad accident, you know, 100 and something feet through the air and hospitalized and all the rest. And uh, it really ended my ability to walk as well as I could. It put me in a wheelchair for a while, crutches for a while, surgeries, all the rest. And it has changed the way and I have to operate in my career and really how I operate in life. You really can't – I can't walk distances. I can't stand long times and things. So – that is presents some challenges. I, I use a golf cart as prescribed by doctors to kind of get around. I can't carry 50 or 60 pounds worth of gear all around for day after day at these big, long racetracks. And yeah. it, it brought a knowledge to me about uh, people that have mobility challenges or the common word handicapped. And I uh, have had challenges with the tracks and the series and such that just don't know federal law, the Americans with Disabilities Act or how to handle mobility challenge people. Mm -hmm. And in the end, um, I've kind of taken it upon myself to correct those situations, especially for people that are far worse off than I am. I I can still stand and walk. There are people that are far more challenged than myself that may not have the uh, chutzpah to say to, to uh, kind of force people to actually follow federal law and comply with it. And uh, I've taken that upon myself to fix some of those situations. Oh, that's awesome. Well, you know, first and foremost, thanks for sharing a really personal story with us. My goodness, what a horrific accident to have. And you know, I've had guests on this show who've lost limbs uh, and talked about how they overcome those situations and they end up in careers where they have to stand all day and work all day. And in your case, I think it's great that you're taking this knowledge that you have to help others in other areas so that those facilities can learn what's required to help people because the fact that you're doing the job that you're doing with, and I wouldn't even call it a disability because I think talking to you, this isn't a disability. It's just a way that you have to function through life uh, with the kind of attitude that you have, which is absolutely wonderful. Uh, but I think it's great you're bringing the knowledge to people so that uh, folks that don't have these challenges in their lives understand what people who do have these challenges are going through. So Thanks for sharing that. Awesome story. Yeah, no, no problem. It's really just uh, trying to manage pain and manage your ability to be mobile later in life by not wearing yourself out at this stage. And, you know, you just run into these things where uh, people just don't know the law. Facilities don't know the laws and such. And uh, uh, it's, it's been a very enlightening and very eye-opening situation to see what I deal with in a minimal situation to think about these people that are far more challenged veterans and people born with disabilities and people have been in far more severe accidents than myself have to deal with. Oh, gosh, yes, yes, absolutely. Life can change in an instant, can't it? It's just, it uh, did. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely did. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Well, let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share kind of one of these aha career moments. I, I like to say it's a time when the headlights come on and illuminate your way for this new idea, this new direction, 
and tell us the steps you took to turn your aha moment into a success. And I'm not sure how you're going to answer this, but one thing I'd love for you to include in this answer is you have devised a pretty cool thing with your business with this mobile photography center. And I'd love for you, maybe as part of this question, to tell our listeners a little bit more about that, because I'm really intrigued about that. Well, I think it really, I I learned very early on that um, if you want to be successful in business, you have to heavily reinvest. A lot of people tend to just kind of roll with the equipment they have and continue until it's basically forced out or obsolete, and then they reinvest. And I, I don't believe in that. I believe in heavily reinvesting continuously in business, and uh, it keeps you at the top of your game and helps you really achieve true financial success. A lot of people think it's spending excess money, um, but it generally earns more than uh, what you put in and uh, it provides a better product, whether it's cameras or owning our own golf carts or buying the latest lenses or, you know, working on site via mobile production rigs that are semi-truck based that allow us to stay at the facility instead of having to drive in and out against race traffic and stay at a hotel far away with, you know, un- unknown internet quality speed, um, such, such as that. We, uh, we invested, I've had, I think we're on our fourth one of mobile production rigs that allow us and our photographers to uh, stay on site, work much more efficiently. It's a very large entry fee to buy something like this and equip it with the right equipment. Um, our mobile, mobile studio trailer has seven computer stations and monitors. It has you know, diesel generation, three air conditioners that we all work out of. And then in the front is a large 45-foot living area that we basically travel in and live out of. But people go, how can you afford to do it? and have that rig and they don't look at the big picture. We aren't renting golf carts for $1,300 a weekend for two. And we aren't staying in $200 night hotels and we travel with a car. We have a Subaru wagon in the back. We don't have to rent a car and we don't fly in, we drive in. And you start to take all those costs and put them together. And it's actually a more economical way to do it besides the efficiency. And since we're always on site, when the race teams or the manufacturers or people need things that eight, nine, 10, 11 o'clock at night, which happens, Mm -hmm. Um, we can wander down to the paddock to them and deliver things by hand when everybody else is already back at their hotels or out to dinner or asleep. And uh, it's it's a different, it's a niche. It's an oddball uh, situation, but it's worked very well for us. I think it's absolutely spectacular. I mean, you hit the nail on the head for so many points there for those entrepreneurs out there listening how to think uh, for the proverbial outside of the box. You're in your own box, if you will, but I, I think it's absolutely fantastic. When I read about that on your site, I just went, man, this is so cool. This guy's really got this figured out. So thanks for sharing that. How about proudest career moments? I would assume you've had many. You've been doing this for so long. You've been around so many great people. But is there one moment that you can share with us that really stands out for you? Um, sadly, I guess if we're talking about cars, it's outside of motorsports. But being selected uh, to work as a White House photographer, um, working for Donna Shalala, the Health and Human Services Secretary, as her photographer, uh, was probably, you know, Cabinet Secretary photographic position was probably the the highest on the resume accolade-wise. In sports, it's also outside of motorsports. Uh, I've covered more Olympics and World Cups than any other photographer in the U.S. I'm 45, and I'll be covering my next one, uh, next Olympics in Rio this summer. Uh, but I really think the proudest thing is that we really retain our clients. Uh, we've the duration we've retained clients and the amount of clients we continue to pick up without really advertising and seeking that business mm-hmm. is uh, my most proud thing. And 
We've retained every client. We've never lost a client ever in our duration of our motorsports business since 2000. Wow. Heavily without, unless the client left the series or the sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, of course, if they're not there, we're not taking pictures of them, but <laughs> yeah. we have we have 100% retention rate, which is probably our proudest individual statistic. Oh, absolutely. What you have got to, or you've had the opportunity to do so many cool things. I mean, going to all these Olympic games, that must be absolutely phenomenal. And then being able to shoot in the White House, a whole new environment there, all sorts of the, the rules and regulations and things you have to do it must be immense. And then getting to go and do all the motorsports you do. I mean, wow, what a very, very well-rounded career that you've had. Really cool. Let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special vehicle? And if you could share a memory with our listeners that you have with that car. I kind of inherited from my mom a uh, 1984 Audi 4000 Quattro in 1986. And my mom basically had this car and decided she didn't want to drive stick anymore. And it wasn't her you know, wasn't her thing anymore. And she wanted an automatic car. And I kind of got a really cool car passed down to me. And immediately, you know, it went to lowering springs and aftermarket (laughs) lights and, you know, uh, tinted windows and a better system, sound system and all the things you do, wheels, tires, all that. And that really was my first personal foray into motorsports, putting my own money and things to make things cooler, better, more unique on the car. And I remember every time I was in Germany trying to find something you couldn't have here to put on it. And uh, that was really my first really special moment. And as for a special moment thing with the car, really uh, nothing that exotically special with the car other than it was my first. And when you're 16 and you have a neat car and uh, um, it it just, it's kind of your whole life revolves around your car if you're a car guy in high school. Oh yeah, absolutely. One of my first cars uh, was a Carmen Ghia. I always called it my poor man's Porsche. And uh, all the stuff that I did to that, you know, same thing, everything from restoring it, painting it, rebuilding the engine and wheels. And, you know, you'd find some cool parts and things for it. So, yeah, it was your life and it was your freedom, you know, yeah, you could escape and go do your own thing. So that's great. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've owned that you let go that you really wish you had back in the garage? Not really. I, every car I've had, uh, I, I was careful in my purchase of it. I was excited for it. There's definitely ones that hold a more special place in your heart. I had a 2000 Audi S4, the 2.7 twin turbo B5 chassis car, and that was, you know, probably one of the most special cars of my life. My wife at the time, my girlfriend, I had the same exact car, literally same color, everything else. It's kind of how we met, and uh, so that car holds a very special place in my heart too. But I've never really regretted. I've had almost all the German marks, and I've never really regretted. Uh, uh, having any of the cars I've purchased. Well, you've been fortunate then, always moving on to the next fun thing. I always say that we're just caretakers of these vehicles anyway, so they're always yeah. going to go to somebody else. <laughs> Is there a vehicle that you've bought that shortly thereafter you kind of said to yourself, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? Not really. I've been lucky with that. I, I, I don't, I may impulse buy in the sense of I see something I like and I say, that's the right price. I'll jump and buy it that day or whatever. I don't, I don't window shop forever, but I also am constantly thinking about what I want to buy mm-hmm. um, and what the next car will be. So by the time I get to the purchase, it's generically uh, uh, a pretty comfortable purchase. <laughs> I had two, one German brand car. I won't mention the name, but I had a van and a, a wagon from them that both were just not up to what they should have been, not the reputation of the manufacturer. And I, I won't buy from that manufacturer again, but it's obviously not an Audi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, I think it sounds like you like Audis. They're great cars. How about current projects? What are you guys working on today that really has you excited and fired up? Um, really, uh, it's the off season for us right now. Uh, you know, the IMSA schedule ended at Petit Le Mans in the beginning of October. Our next IMSA test is, uh, I think it's November 18th, 19th, uh, at Daytona. So we're in our off season. Um, I was just at the White House again this past Monday uh, or Tuesday, excuse me, with the U.S. women's national soccer team. And, uh, that was a cool experience going back to where I used to work. I get in there every couple of years because our Women's team is so good. They win the golds and win the World Cups and things so often that yeah. uh, I get to go back and see old friends and things. And uh, I just finished a manufacturer photo shoot on a race car and streetcar version of the same car. That was a lot of fun. And you just, you're just you always continually busy with something here uh, that pops up. You never seem to be home. Um, this is my seventh and eighth nights home the last two nights uh, since May. And, you know, it's, it's nice to be home and actually have a slow period. Yeah, you know, I'll tell our listeners, I've been chasing Michael for a long time, and uh, I kind of tease him because uh, he is just never around. He is always on the road. I mean, being traveling 300-plus days a year, oh, my goodness. So he's uh, he's the guy that gets around that Johnny Cash song comes to mind. I've been everywhere, <laughs> man. <laughs> I think you have been everywhere. Even when I told him where I live, Gig Harbor, oh, yeah, I know where that is. <laughs> yeah, there's a fam- one of the women's World Cup players, uh, Stephanie Cox, is from Gig Harbor. Yeah, and- yeah. University of Portland, I know where Gig Harbor is. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, here's a very introspective question for you, Michael. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? You know, there's one car in the world that I think kind of does everything. I mean, yeah, everybody wants to pick a a Veyron or, you know, something that's very aggressive, I think. But Audi makes a Q7 in Europe or made. They don't make it anymore with a V12 twin-turbo diesel, and it's – about as fast as the R8 in a straight line. It's off-road capable. It's got a lot of cargo, and I think it's kind of fast, efficient, and capable is the the main thing. And it, it's just it's really one of the most expensive cars they've ever made. It's nothing I could afford, but it's uh, uh, they didn't never brought it to the states. But very very special, almost three hundred thousand uh, dollar uh, Q7. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that is one. Well, you know that's why I like this question because. Uh, we learned a little bit more about you with all the different things that you can do and, and still like to have that speed and power. So a uh, great answer for that. That's a great one. So Michael, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsor. Metrovac has been manufacturing and providing quality automotive vacuums and blowers since 1939. I've used their portable vacuum and blowers for over 15 years in my garage on my cars, motorcycles, around my home, and you should too. Their Air Force Master Blaster Revolution is my go-to tool every time I wash and detail my vehicles. Powered by two twin-fan 4.0 peak horsepower motors, the Master Blaster delivers up to 58,000 feet per minute of clean, warm, dry, filtered air. Dry your car without a towel and avoid those nagging micro-scratches. Perfect for the wheels, engines, motorcycles, and all those frustrating water traps in trim, door jams, and seals. Check out all of Metrovac's quality products, deliberately made better in the USA. Metrovac is the right choice. Learn more today at Metrovac.com. Use discount code CARSYEAH20 and you'll get 20% off your first order. That's right, 20% off. Details at CARSYEAH.com sponsors. Okay, Michael, we're back and we're entering the last lap. You've been to enough races to know what that means. The white flag is out and 
we got to put our foot into it here, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Yep. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? It was really automotive business advice. Uh, Brad Kettler, who's the director of Audi Sports for North America, said to me one time um, that, you know, you you have to respect yourself as much as you respect your clients. And he gave me a great quote. He said, you know, I said to him, I was kind of pushing with a client on that wanted something fast and wanted something at a better price and uh, top quality. And he said, well, I always tell my clients speed, quality, or price, pick two. And uh, <laughs> that actually taught me a lot about respect for my business that, you know, sometimes as much as you respect your clients, you also have to completely respect yourself and not get pushed around at all. Absolutely. Great advice. I I had that saying up on my desk for years when I was young, working in the uh, creative field as a creative director. Uh, we would have clients that would want things turned around really fast, but of course they want top level work and um, and they want it for really cheap. And it's like, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> no, it doesn't work that way. It's just not possible. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years? I think it's always going 100%. I, I look at a lot of the young people in the industry, and I, I, there's a, they take a tremendous amount of time away. Um, the timeline of delivery of product uh, is slower and such, and it, it it's not something I'm used to. It, to me, it's, if you're going to be successful in business, you have to be willing to work at your absolute hardest, continuously, 24 hours a day, on holidays, every day. There's really no day off. You have to be able to put in 100% all the time and sleep, your home, your family, all that stuff have to wait. At times, my house is in disarray because uh, I never have time to really work on it or fix the things because I'm home so infrequently. And that's really the difference. And can you say you're putting in 100% all the time? And if you aren't, you're not really achieving as much as you can, you know, as, as you're possible doing you know you're so right hustle 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 and uh sometimes i feel like i'm being an old fuddy-duddy when i say you know the kids these days just aren't willing to hustle but i know there are many that will and do i've got two kids that do that themselves but uh yeah you got to be willing to work your tail off going 100 percent all the time to be successful there is no such thing as an overnight success yeah, if I like to add to that, the, the one thing that, that the young people need to really recognize and coming out of college or you're going to work is that social media may connect you with people, but it can be very damning. It's uh, it, when you have employees or people that you work with that are late on a project or not working it efficiently and you see that they're talking about buying the latest video game console or they're they're off with friends drinking or they're doing whatever they're doing yep. while you're back working and they're late on their work. That's the type of thing that uh, social media has created. And I know that's not just my feeling. I talk to people at my age throughout the industry and it's something that uh, uh, young people tend to put everything they do on social media. They broadcast what they're doing. And when you're an employee somewhere, uh, don't think that your employer doesn't take note. You know, I, I'm really glad you said that because it is amazing to me what I see sometimes that people are putting out there. And I I was an employer for many years, ran a business for 25 plus years, and you just shake your head sometimes going, really? <laughs> Come on, don't you think other people are seeing this and thinking about what you're doing? So yeah, be careful. Do you have a resource that you think our listeners would really enjoy? <laughs> I can't really say anything that's specific, um, you know, as to our business, we, our website, sidelinesportsphotography.com, but I don't have any, anything that I think is really, uh, intuitive about, uh, you know, or interesting about, uh, 
that I can share other than that, uh, that if they want to research us, that's where we're at. And uh, I'm happy to entertain any emails anybody can send us. We're on the, uh, our emails on the website. Absolutely. Well, make sure that's on your show notes page. And I think because you are so busy, you probably don't spend much time online uh, receiving things or looking at things because you're busy working all the time. How about a book? Uh, do you ever get a chance to read any books? I know you're probably traveling a lot, but uh, is there one book in particular that you've cracked open over the last few years maybe that you think our listeners should read and would enjoy? Yeah, everybody always says, you know, The Art of Racing in the Rain, but really the book that struck with me, and really has nothing to do with racing but life in general, is The Way You Wear Your Hat, which is a book about Frank Sinatra and just how he viewed people, handled people, and his his toughness and his, you know, more soft side. Um, And I really think that was probably the most instrumental book that I've read uh, in the past decade or so is to, that I agreed with everything that's there. Well, yeah, it's cool. The way you wear your, uh, your hat, that's the first time anybody has suggested that book here on Cars. Yeah, that's, I'll look forward to getting that and reading it. It sounds really interesting. I'll remind the listeners that you can find these resources at com slash Michael Stahlschmidt. Michael's last name is S-T-A-H-L-S-C-H-M-I-D-T, a great German name. And there's another great place on the Cars yeah! website called Guest Recommended Books where you can find Michael's book and all the past 350-plus guests here on Cars yeah! with quick links to get your hands on those books so that you can enjoy them like Michael has. I always ask my guests if they have any interesting hobbies outside of their passion for cars. I, I think we know yours with sports and photography and all this, but uh, are there any other things you're really interested in when you do have a little downtime? My friends all laugh at me or my clients laugh at me because I'll post home for the fifth day of this year or whatever. But um, as Carl Thompson, one of my clients who owns Compass 360 Racing, always points out to me that I travel in my off time, too. And my hobby is travel. So when I'm <laughs> not uh, not working, I tend to either stay over where I'm at in the motor coach or I will hop on a plane and fly somewhere. My wife's also a photographer in the industry and works in our company. So we have the benefit of traveling together. And nice. so I will uh, I'll pop over to Hong Kong or we're going to Lima, Peru here shortly or Europe, Hawaii, different places just for fun. I mean, we, we learned so many miles, um, you know, 600, 700,000 miles a year and have have so much, uh, uh, so much, so much free travel provided to us that we tend to use that. And uh, so we don't find ourselves at home even in our off time very much. (laughs) Well, cool. Well, it's definitely an an attribute to not only your passion for photography and automotive but also for travel so you really have wrapped your passion for your life into your vocation that's wonderful all right we're up to the checkered flag here michael and this last question can be a real doozy if you could only have one collector car in your garage as many days as you're away it's going to be sitting there all by itself but that's okay when you come back home it's going to be waiting for you and don't worry about the price or the cost because today i'm going to write the check what would that one vehicle be and why Probably the car I've always said I'd buy if I won the lottery. Uh, in 92 and 93, Porsche made eight 959s. They called the 959S that was of leftover parts, spare parts they made for you know 959 owners, mm-hmm. and they assembled eight cars. And um, silver with black guts would be my choice. And uh, that car really captured my heart as a kid. It's the, it was the model was the meanest street version. It's a true technological piece even today. You know, in motion tire pressure changing, every form of uh, stability management, trash control that can all be turned on and off. And uh, it was really a huge step in technology at the time. 
But what makes it cool is it's based on a historic shape and historic car. Yeah. Uh, it'll be a piece of art, a performer, and it will always appreciate and value. So it's, it's a pretty simple one for me. The second choice would be a McLaren F1, the original. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, great choice. Uh, what a special car. Yeah, the 959, but the S, even better. So I think I'm going to have to get my big checkbook out for you today, <laughs> but uh, that's okay. I love Porsches. They're my favorite mark anyway, so uh, you've picked a car that's near and dear to my heart. Michael, you've taken me on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories, and I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yacht listeners and with me. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in your Porsche 959S? <laughs> I hope that day comes. Yeah. I realize, I think really that people need to realize in business, you know, whether you're an employee, an employer, uh, you know, with clients or something that, that really in business, nobody owes you anything. In today's world, it seems like everybody feels like there's some form of entitlement or ownership and you have to pay your dues. Uh, it really comes down to that business is not a democracy. You own it, you run it, and you have to be responsible for the positives and negatives uh, that come from that. Yep. And you're only as good as the effort you put in. If you're not willing to put in 100%, uh, you can't expect your employees to. And I never ever work employees harder than I do. I think any employee that's ever worked with me will say he's, he's up later and arrives earlier and works just as hard as I do and as he expects me to do it. And when I'm not at the track, you know, or I'm not working, I'm generally rethinking business, trying to grow and trying to capture new ideas and new clients and, and do things in a different way. But business is a never-ending cycle and it really uh, it comes down to Nobody owes you anything. You have to earn everything that you get. And uh, to retain that, you have to continue to work. You don't just get something and have it stay with you. So run, run your business as a king. Uh, as bad as as tough as they say Bernie Ecclestone or some of these people are, they're very successful for a reason. And I think sometimes that's what people miss. Absolutely. Very well said. And again, what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your company? Uh, our website, which is sadly under construction right now, we're changing it around, is sidelinesportsphotography.com. Mm -hmm. Just like it sounds, again, sidelinesportsphotography.com. And that's really the best place to to see us uh, and to learn about our business. Awesome. Great. Well, uh, and there again, you're constantly reinventing yourself and improving. So uh, I don't think you need to worry about your website being under construction because uh, when it's finished and done, it'll be the latest and greatest. So. I'll remind our listeners you can find links to everything that Michael shared with us today, again, at CarsYad.com. Just put Michael in the search bar, and his show notes page will pop up with links to his company and all these great resources. Michael, thanks again for taking time out on a Sunday here. We're talking uh, talk about working all the time. You and I are working on a Sunday morning here to make this happen. I really appreciate you taking some of your downtime to spend with me and with the listeners and being so generous with your time and expertise and, and sharing your experiences with us. Until we talk again... I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate your time. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.